Welcome to Because You Need to Know, recorded live at the Cohen Multimedia Studio at Chautauqua Institution. I'm Edwin K. Morse, President and Founder of Pioneer Knowledge Services. This series is your digital resource of valuable conversations with nonprofit and knowledge management enthusiasts from across industries and from around the globe. Today's guest is Rocio Sands, a Spanish national who is currently based in Geneva, Switzerland. She has over 20 years of work experience in the fields of communication, public information, media, and humanitarian emergency responses, and over 15 years working on knowledge management and information architecture. How does knowledge management show up for you in your day-to-day work? Well, my day-to-day work is complex because I do uh, many activities for different organizations and different networks. So, But basically, I think the most important part is to bridge knowledge among, uh, among people. Make sure that people have access to what they need in the right time and make, making uh, possible that creating spaces for accessing all the, uh, to, to the tools and processes and well, the right information at the right time. Providing, uh, giving that the structure that's needed for all that to even happen, how much of the workforce is, how much time is spent to get the workforce in a receptive mode to knowledge, innovation, change, exchange, engagement, all these things that a culture has to do really well to function at a high proficiency. I would say with those communities of practices that I normally engage in knowledge management, they're very active. They want to engage. They are aware of the importance of knowledge management. Mm. They're always missing the import, the the key issue, the resources to do things. Everyone has a lot of ideas. Yeah. We are creating uh, different. We we are pushing different efforts at once. The problem is how to make all these uh, initiatives su- sustainable. When you work with organizations. And you want to make sure in knowledge management is a structure inside the organization. The challenge is not so much the resources, but mm. creating a culture, as you said, that allows trust for sharing knowledge. The main difficulty I find here is that normally it's difficult to change the, the, the culture when you have, um, which basically your knowledge is what keeps you inside the work. When mm. you have a six month contract, Mm-hmm. When your and your work is, is is based on your knowledge, why would you share your knowledge? You're injuring yourself if you do at that point because you won't get called back. Well, yeah, exactly. No, but uh, even if I mean, for the for the staffs, there's no longer you, you know these long term contracts as before. Mm-hmm. You you tend to have a six months, one year contract, consultancy basis. So how do you remain? How do you stay? So you need to develop systems that you work together with the human resources so that to encourage the learning, to motivate people to understand that you and I together, we make more than the sum of our parts, forced together than when each one individual is trying to achieve the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
How does your organization come? So I, some of that is the onboarding, right? You're setting the expectation pre-hire. You're you're building how the behaviors have to be in order to get the work, right? Because you, you don't get the hoard. You're not going to be able to get your six-month or one-year contract and then just hold on to everything by yourself because you're not going to last long. So on the front end, uh, on the onboarding piece, I get. But how do you incentivize it? How, is there any incentivization uh, once they are on board to keep that culture moving and engaging? Yeah, I think it's quick wins. Oh. The word is quick wins. Uh, showing that it is, it's effective. It helps. It makes your work better. It, it benefits you and it benefits the other. It's a win-win situation. You create relations in which, yes, you may not have uh, for sure a contract uh, afterwards, but you know that you're building a career, that whatever you're doing is going to help you to continue, that you, well, you're building your own professional career, mm. whether it's in this organization or in another, you're gathering a knowledge while you're giving knowledge. It's you're, you're taking things that is helping you to do your work better, but mm. at the same time, you are helping others. Is, um, there, is there an evaluation criteria for these six-month, one-year hires to say, oh, they're excellent collaborators or they, you know, is there anything like that to capture the knowledge management essence? You know, I actually, as a part of the Master of uh, Information Architecture and Knowledge Management, the, the final uh, research I did was in uh, knowledge retention in international organizations, mm. mainly with focus on retirement. But, you know, one thing I realized in the 13 agencies, mainly UN, but also European Union, uh, some NGOs, with the different agencies I interview, I realized that most of them do not have a system of measure. Mm. And the measurement system is very weak because, for example, you cannot say when you have established a hub, for example, the fact that people have downloaded a document doesn't mean they have learned the document. No. Doesn't mean that this information has reached to the 10 people who download the document or maybe this information has reached too much more because these 10 people who download it share it with others. Mm. The level of knowledge acquired by this document is not measured by the number of downloads. Mm -hmm. so, uh, it, and it's, it's, it's a common mistake that happens often. How do you measure the knowledge? Yeah. It's very difficult. You need to develop baselines data so that you can ask or compare afterwards the results. You need to make sure, well, whether or not the people have, you, you can make surveys, you cannot uh, yeah. try to understand what is the feedback. Mm -hmm. Feedback is one of the very most important things that you can get. Uh, you know, we are developing now a, a knowledge hub of migration in Costa Rica, which is trying to engage um, IOM, the International Organization for Migration, with different partners uh, and all the stakeholders. And the idea is that it's not only one way, it's not the organization giving information to partners and staff, but it's also anyone there can participate. Anyone can ask and say, well, I would like to know more about this subject, or uh, I have a good experience that I would like to share with others. So creating a place and a space where people can actually share, mm -hmm. and then you can go back to them and say, well, was it useful? Uh, did you ask for us to for create this good practice? We created for you, 
What do you think about that? And I've seen this done before. There's like a rating system, right? It's like a user rating system at that point where you can mm. judge or you, you try to assign a data point to how much value came out of this exchange. How much did I, you know, from, from based on this document, I was able to do X uh, and mm. I rate this thumbs up or five stars or anything like that. And that's that's user specific, right? That has that relies on the user to input that. Is that something you've seen utilized? I believe that when you use it, and I haven't seen it often, okay. but uh, I mean, we are trying to create it because it's important. Yeah. It's also important to maintain and give sustainability to the projects. It's important to show to the donors and the senior management that it works. Mm -hmm. So when you are able to measure, you are able to show that this has a, 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 an impact and an effect on the way people work. You know, when when we were creating the, the knowledge management strategy for emergencies and post-crisis, we had, um, well, it was a context that allowed it because it was a moment in which the UN was transforming, there was a reform, there was the cluster approach, approach in place. So basically, Everyone, every cluster lead was accountable. IOM is accountable, is a, is a cluster lead for camp coordination, camp management in natural disasters. So basically we had as organization a responsibility. There was everything. There was the resources, there was the senior management interest because we had to be there where the, the organization had a commitment. There was the interest of the staff. So we had everything. And we were able to create tools, processes, engage people, mm. trainings, create coaching. And it wasn't easy, but it happened. And it happened because on one side you had an obligation and a commitment. And on the other side, there was the curiosity and the responsibility that you had to respond. No matter which office in the world, if there was a natural disaster, the organization was was called to be the last resort. So if there was nobody else to respond on that, they had to have the capacity to respond. And what we saw is that, you know, after three years only of creating a system true that it was with a lot of pumping, you know, from all sides, but after only three years of having created this, we were able to, to just see the results in the, in the Haiti earthquake. And the capacity was multiplied. I mean, the way we were responding, and not only as organizations, but also with the partners, because we had been able to create trainings, interagency, responding together. So there were there were ways of doing that were not happening before, to mm -hmm. the point that we were even creating uh, crowdsourcing, crowd collaboration, uh, to identify the camps where we created a, a with Google Maps mm -hmm. uh, a link so anyone who knew about uh, about the camp or displacement groups they could use uh, the telephones and basically pinpoint on the on the Google Map where these people were. So it was really a global collaboration and the results were I mean it took time but the camps were finally close. Uh, so it to. was uh, it was a ground swell solution. Because the people participated in being your recorders and reporters to help build the data and the and the understanding of what what was happening. What was the goodness that came out of that that changed forever? What was what was the goodness that came out of that tragedy in the knowledge management realm that changed how you guys work? I believe is that uh, 
collaboration is important. Trust is important. Yes, you need the, you need rules. You need to develop a strategy, and there are more and more policy that you need to keep into account. There is the you know, every year you have new guidance, new approaches, new. Some people would say you know fashion. You no, know, it's like the gender. Based violence, you have to focus on on, on specific subjects uh, that donors are requ- are requesting. But at the same time, you know, the more we can um, amplify the view, the better we are able to support the beneficiaries. Mm. Nowadays, you know, there is a commitment and understanding that you cannot just respond to beneficiaries, but you, yeah. you need to make the beneficiaries accountable. They are also part of the response. So I think. After IET, there was this understanding that even them, in the bad conditions they might be, they are actually the first source of information mm-hmm. and the, the first one who have to be taken into consideration. Well, that, that's a heavy lift. I think that's a heavy lift for some organizations to get around. How does the training happen in these organizations to build that culture of trust and collaboration? The way we do it is trying, you know, we try to break from the traditional PowerPoint, one person talking to others, mm. to bring up the experience of everybody, mm. understanding that everybody has something to contribute. Mm-hmm. And there is no wrong disp- uh, responses. I think, uh, you know, you may have, maybe you have, may have not answered correctly because you didn't realize that the question was targeting something, but your experience is always enriching. So it how... People lose the fear to talk. And I think one of the most important things is that when they feel confident to share the mistakes, failures. Yeah. Because we as human beings, we learn more from our mistakes. And as organizations, when we are able to collaborate and we are able to understand that, you know, failure is not something that you just hide under the carpet, mm-hmm. but it's something that you need to sit down, reflect, and learn. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think this is one of the most um, successful issues when you are able to put a team in the, t- in the group and make them talk and they feel comfortable to talk and share experiences. Well, I think a big piece of what you just talked about is cr- the organization allowing space to exist for reflection. And, and, yeah. and no re- knee-jerk reaction of, of oh, you failed or, or shaming or any of that, which I think a lot of people do, uh, and maybe they do it unconsciously, um, but it's easy to do. I mean, it's easy to point out negatives uh, for some people more so than the positives. I would say you need to create safe environments. It's not something uh, that you just do and put it in an email and it keeps in the email. Yeah. You know, you, you you put it in a safe environment where when you do a training, say whatever stays here, stays here. Mm. So you can feel safe to share your experience. There is some organizations who use this uh, rec ribbon model, who is basically when someone has um, a problem and doesn't know how to solve it. It's just honest, just gets in touch with the human resources and explain the problem and say, I really don't know how to deal with it. And they bring together very senior people or not so senior people who have had similar experience, some who fell, some who didn't. And then they put them together in a room to talk in a very safe environment. And whatever is stays there, stays there, mm-hmm. but they, it helps find solutions. Hmm. So they do it in petit comité. They, they do it in very small groups. 
And I think this is a very nice practice. I think it's something that it really creates this environment of trust that you need. And you don't need to tell everything right. in public. Yeah. So you're creating a almost a support mechanism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we're, we're about at time, so I will ask you with the famous question, what is your definition of knowledge management? Okay, I think first and foremost, uh, knowledge management is a business discipline that helps uh, achieve business goals. So to any organization, it doesn't matter. It's about, it's about achieving performance, being efficient and effective, making taking better decisions. And it's about capture, sharing, transferring, retaining critical knowledge. And, and I think it's not about creating new layers of work. It's about changing the way we work. It's about mainstreaming resources, leveraging critical knowledge, developing a culture of collaboration that is based on trust and where people matter, mm. ma- minds matter. Mm. No, it's about uh, creating a, a, an approach of, uh, and continue creates a, con- a space of continuous learning. And uh, you know, some would say that it's even a mechanism for it's a business tool. Is that business business risk mitigation tool? You no, know? it's, it's a way of retaining and not letting the most important knowledge of the organization lost get lost. I don't think I would have said it any better. <laughs> Thank you for your time and your sharing of your expertise and passion. Thank you very much. Recorded live at the Cohen Multimedia Studio at Chautauqua Institution, Because You Need to Know is designed to bring people's experience and their knowledge forward to be shared. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I thank you for joining in to listen to another conversation brought to you as a public service of Pioneer Knowledge Services, a nonprofit tax exempt organization with a charitable knowledge management purpose. Find us online at pioneer ks.org and add your voice to the conversation on Facebook.